We also, if we're a business and we're managing our assets and these assets are moving, I don't want to see last months or last weeks or yesterday's picture. I want to see what they are doing right now. So time is essentially the new dimension that's changing everything for geospatial information and it's revolutionizing things. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Marcella Cavallero from Esri and I'll be your host for today. You just heard Lori Jordan, Director of Imagery and Remote Sensing at Esri, talk about how the latest innovations in imagery have enabled true real-time awareness. Today's executives use location intelligence and AI to extract insight from drone and satellite data to make smarter decisions. Here, Esri CMO Mariana Cantor discover how imagery powered by the geospatial cloud brings efficiency and productivity to retail, agriculture, and government. Lori, hello, and thank you for being here with us. Mariana, hey, great to be with you. You're a worldwide authority on satellite imagery and a veteran in the imagery and remote sensing industry. You also co-founded a disruptive company that revolutionized image processing. Would you start by telling us what is imagery and remote sensing, how it operates, and how complicated is it to apply? So imagery has been with us for a long time, actually, in the form of remote sensing. And I use the term imagery, remote sensing, and earth observation kind of in a broad sense. But the first imagery of the United States, for example, uh, was collected back in the mid-1800s by cameras on balloons. What's different today is that we have transitioned to a dynamic environment with the entire chain. We think, for example, like the uh, supply chain, is all digital. The images are acquired in near real time, transmitted, processed, and delivered to the user as an information product dynamically. Two big things have changed. Uh, It's transitioned from static to dynamic, and the early focus, which was technical, is now advanced toward business application uses. So we're really now talking about configured business workflows that are tailored to a particular company or business to solve a specific problem they have that brings value to their organization. Imagery is a lot more than capturing an image, right? It's sensors capturing insights beyond what the human eye can see. So what sort of data and detail not visible to our human eye do these sensors capture? Well, for example, the radar type of imaging system, it's not really an image, but we think of it as imagery. Uh, has a unique ability to see through clouds in day, night, and all weather. So when a storm or a natural disaster comes in, the very first thing we need to know is where is the extent of the flood, uh, how many buildings have been damaged, uh, what is the extent of the disaster, but it's still cloudy. Well, radar sees right through that. Or another use case would be at night. Many times internationally, oil shipment tankers will dump oil illegally into the ocean thinking that nobody can see them. However, (laughs) radar can see it quite clearly, and oil slicks show up very, very clearly on the radar imagery. So that's another aspect of being able to see things that we can't see with our eyes at night in dark weather, uh, uh, bad weather, uh, cloudy conditions. So some of these imagery sensors can bring uh, new information to us that we just weren't able to see otherwise. And this image processing, uh, is that more and more automated these days, or does that still require some imagery analysts? Well, that's probably the most exciting part of it. In the past, it was 
oriented towards scientists, and it took a pretty smart scientist to uh, process an image and some pretty good software. But the trend is in a different direction. What we're seeing is a unique problem, which is also a blessing, uh, being a flood of new imagery, uh, hundreds of thousands of images being collected at high resolution every day of the entire surface of the Earth essentially mapping, measuring, and monitoring every square meter of the Earth every day. How do you process all of that imagery? How do humans process a complicated task like that with a volume like that? So the trend is that software is getting smarter and new algorithms are enabling us to apply techniques such as uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and deep learning to these huge collections of imagery so that we can get meaningful results quickly, automatically, from what would otherwise be an almost impossible task for humans to do. Artificial intelligence, machine learning, and deep learning. They're all cousins because they all basically do the same thing in, in simple terms, and I love simple terms. I would say they are thing finders. Go find this thing, okay? So in the first case, uh, machine learning has been with us for a long time in the early stages of the Landsat program, we would take Landsat multispectral data and process it, do a classification, and find out things like land cover. Where's the forest? Where are the wetlands? Where are the crops? Simple case of machine learning. You train the machine on a specific thing and it goes and finds them. Uh, it gets more advanced when you bring in artificial intelligence where you want to solve a more complicated problem where you need to bring in shape and context and other factors to find something more difficult. So, what's an example of that? Let's think of uh, an unclassified one. It's interesting. Say you're trying to find uh, an underground weapons facility, one of the hardest problems for the intelligence community. Let's say that you know that one of those facilities always has three common characteristics. It has uh, a road leading into a hillside that doesn't come back out. It's always in an area without other population. And it always has either a small lake or a pond, which is used for cooling the nefarious activities underground. So those three things create a description of what you're looking for. You create a model, and artificial intelligence looks beyond just the imagery. It looks at the shape, the space, the context, and the relationships, and it goes and finds those things. So that's uh, artificial intelligence. The deep learning even goes a step further. You can train in one area and tell it, go find these things across the entire country. And not only that, if they happened here, where are they likely to happen next? So what you and I would call predictive analytics. And this, I think, from a business standpoint, is one of the most powerful capabilities that we're just now beginning to tap. We want to be able to answer important business questions without having to be experts in remote sensing. So I think this speaks to the need of having better engineered software, more intelligently designed software that's built with the user in mind at the beginning with an understanding of the problem that they're trying to solve. So the emphasis has shifted from the technology to the business value and the, what is the question we're trying to answer and train the software to do a good job addressing that question. 
Interesting. That's a big Interesting. One of the major innovations in imagery is the ability to translate information from images in real time. How does that work and how does that enable real time insight? Sure. Well, this is probably one of the most significant benefits that imagery brings to the geospatial community, and that is uh, the time sensitive nature of information. So just for reference in historical context, it took our national mapping agency, the USGS, 100 years, over 100 years, to map the entire United States in, in topographic maps. Today, the entire country can be imaged with a satellite in a matter of a few days that can be produced into very beautiful and very accurate topographic maps. Now, why is time important? Well, the, the early use case of it clearly would be the defense in the intelligence community. Uh, you need to be able to have a common operating picture or a situational awareness display of what the friendlies and the adversaries are doing. And you need to have that dynamically and you need to have it right away. It's very, very important that your information is up to date because lives are at risk. Uh, another example, of course, would be um, the emergency response community and natural disasters where uh, lives are uh, in peril and you need to send emergency relief and you need to know is the bridge out? Has the hospital collapsed from the earthquake? So we need that information in a very, very timely manner. And uh, we also, if, if we're a business and we're managing our assets and these assets are moving, I don't want to see last months or last weeks or yesterday's picture. I want to see what they are doing right now. So time is essentially the new dimension that's changing everything for geospatial information, and it's revolutionizing things. Now, you use a phrase, the geospatial advantage. What is that? So everything, uh, in effect, has a geospatial uh, location, but what is, what is the advantage of a, a, a geospatial uh, cloud in a geospatial location? What does it actually bring to us? Well, if you look back at the history of geographic information, it goes back to the early days of landscape architecture in the United States, interestingly enough, with Frederick Law Olmsted and Warren Manning. And they were doing planning with overlays. In this case, they didn't have computers, they didn't have plastic, but they had silk and they had linen. So they did all their drawings on silk and linen, and they would hold them up to the light and look for patterns. And with those patterns, they would determine places that were capable or suitable to locate certain types of development or not locate certain types of development. So they're doing analytics uh, with geospatial information to determine where you should or should not put something. What we know is it's a lot less expensive and a lot better to design with nature than to fight against it because inevitably it'll cost you more and you'll have a worse outcome and more impacts, negative impacts. So having a good knowledge of geospatial information and your geospatial surroundings will enable you to make better decisions, enable you to do better analysis, and I think ultimately have uh, more successful projects as a result. It sounds like what the business community calls these days location intelligence. How would you say imagery plays into location intelligence? Uh, the first, foremost, and primary source of intelligence is imagery. Not only because it's up to date, but you can see it. And if you can see it, you can understand it. Einstein famously once said, if I can't see it, I can't understand it. 
So I think this, that's a very powerful thing on the intelligence side that, uh, that imagery brings. If I'm an executive and I want to uh, know where to locate my business, of course, I want to see the latest picture of where this new potential site should be for site selection. And I want to know whether there are hazards or anything else that are, that are there. And I'm particularly interested in knowing what's changed. So this is a, one of the hidden values of imagery is uh, the historical and forensic aspect of it. Uh, one of the most popular use cases across all sorts of industries and verticals is change detection. So I want to see how the area has changed over time. Uh, I might want to use imagery in a, as we were talking earlier, in a deep learning mode to do predictive analytics. So what will this area possibly look like five years from now? Mm -hmm. Imagery can help me see that from looking at the patterns of the past. Not only that, I, I, I think of the bigger picture of uh, business and industry connected to a supply chain. So there are all these other associated elements. It's not just where the building goes, but it's where all the other components of the chain go. And are they practical? Can they get there from here? All right. mm -hmm. Are there physical barriers? Where are those barriers? Well, they'll show up very clearly uh, in imagery. So you'll have these uh, more of a three-dimensional uh, understanding of, of how these things all play together for real estate commercial. Laurie, can we go to uh, retail for a moment? Give us an example in the retail industry. Sure. Well, interestingly, um, some of the earlier examples of imagery regarding uh, retail had to do with counting cars in parking lots to get an understanding of the volume of business that was occurring either at your location, your retail location, or your competitor's retail location. Simple enough, useful enough, and you could go backwards in time and study change and, and see patterns. But more interestingly and more recently, if you bring in uh, artificial intelligence and deep learning, you can then determine the types of vehicles in the parking lot if your resolution is high enough, for example, from a drone. Then you can determine the categories of vehicles, pickup trucks, sedans, SUVs, and so forth. Connect that to an online demographic statistics database and then use inference engines to determine exactly what the demographic profile of the people in that parking lot are. So then you can apply that in all sorts of ways to develop uh, metrics and financial uh, and economic and social understanding of these patterns and it all came originally from imagery. What are some other examples in other industries where uh, location intelligence imagery are powerful? Sure, well um, let's take agriculture. Agriculture is, as you know is the largest industry in the world uh, and imagery is a key and I would say a dominant source of intelligence and information for that industry for all of the obvious reasons and some not so obvious. So I would say the obvious ones are to look at the extent and health of the crops uh, and the ability to predict crop yield and this has been a time-honored long-standing useful use case of, of imagery. Um, but also uh, when you look at imagery from a global scale, you can begin to study the patterns of the vegetative cover of the earth over time and see how they're shifting as a result of climatic change and climatic influences. 
which would influence the futures market. So there's a predictive analytics component of imagery that would certainly help benefit and drive the world's largest industry. Uh, and this is something that uh, many imagery companies are, are working on right now, the content providers, to collect the agricultural belts in the world, uh, get accurate maps, get accurate uh, advanced learning models to predict the yields and therefore to understand where to make investments. So is 3D imagery um, sort of common now, commonly used? It's no longer state of the art? Well, it's, uh, it's, I would say it's getting there quickly. 25 years ago, I would say it was 30 years ago, I was invited to a government meeting, very secure, sensitive meeting on future mapping. And I was uh, very young and I was invited into the meeting uh, and the title of my presentation was The Map of the Future. And I stood up and I started the presentation and I said, the map of the future is not a map. It's a photorealistic, intelligent 3D image that I can fly through, interrogate, analyze, and one day I'll be able to wear it with me as an appliance. The head of the meeting stopped the meeting and threw me out. This was the old school mapping fraternity and they did not want to hear that message. So here we are today, we're creating the maps of the future. They're intelligent 3D images and they're photorealistic. When I say a photorealistic intelligent 3D image, what I mean is an image that I can not only see and understand in 3D, but I can touch it and I can get all of the attributes about it, all of its metadata, the entire geodatabase behind it, who owns it, how much is it worth, when was it built. So I don't want to give up anything. I want everything, and I want it in a picture that I can understand. I want to go inside that building. In this case, uh, it takes the form of LIDAR, a point cloud, a laser scanner that creates 3D point clouds inside the building. Could be on a drone, maybe on a trolley or a backpack. But we're bringing the entire world together, outside and inside, into 3D. So remote sensing is a fundamental part of that because it creates that understandable picture that we all understand, see, and like, and can relate to. In the past, it was very difficult, time-consuming, and expensive to create a 3D model of anything. Now we can capture it and build it essentially dynamically, either with point clouds from the little drones using a LIDAR, or from photogrammetric point clouds, or we can still do it with stereo imagery. So this is changing the face of mapping, and I think forever for the better. It will be the new language of the geospatial cloud. Well, Lori, thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Marianne. It's great to see you. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Lori Jordan for explaining how imagery and the geospatial cloud are helping to transform industries and workflows. To learn more, download our free ebooks, Putting AI and Location Intelligence to Work at esri.com forward slash AI making sense of digital transformation at esri.com forward slash where and making the most of the internet of things at esri.com forward slash IOT.